This is where they are building the largest nuclear fusion reactor in the world. Yeah, a friend of mine told me I had to check out this pool. America on Main Street and at the dinner table is talking about infrastructure when 20 years ago they didn't even know what that meant. Today, those towers are an astounding display of wealth, prestige, and engineering. First. It's impacting everyday Americans. I am against the train the way it's being done right now. New York City housing is a scam. It is a scam, 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 scam. The Shard in central London is being officially opened today and at 310 metres tall, it's Europe's newest and tallest skyscraper. Hello, I'm Fred Mills. And this is the world's best construction podcast by the B1M. Hello and welcome to the world's best construction podcast. I'm your host, Fred Mills, and as always, I'm joined by Luke Bly and Liam Marsh. Coming to Luke first this week. Hey, Ben, mate, what's been happening? Yeah, no, uh, things have been happening. I was uh, driving on the North Circular on the weekend in Ooh. London, and I saw the uh, the new-ish, I suppose now, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium from, from afar, right? New White Hart Lane or whatever it's called. Oh my days, that stadium, that is an impressive, impressive bit of construction, mate. Really it impressive. Mm. And it might be uh, hosting a few games for Euro 2028, which uh, by default the UK and Ireland will be hosting because no other countries want to host it. So there you go. That's... Uh, Great. That's that wasn't actually mate. a bad architecture and construction related story. Because when you started by saying, oh, I went on the North Circular on the weekend, I was like, oh, this <laughs> yeah. is going to be an interesting story here. <laughs> you pulled it back. You pulled it back. I pulled it like, back. Um, <laughs> on, in that vein, let's go over to Mr. Marsh. <laughs> How's your week been, mate? Yeah, we. I actually um, went to the opening of that for the B&M. I don't know if you remember, Fred. Oh, we got yeah. some, um, some VIP press passes or something. And I went on the... The day of it, the, the, the opening day. We, we know, Liam. You've mentioned it several times in this podcast. Have I? Yeah. The one no. time you ever went. I'll, I'll tell you again. One, one thing I remember, obviously, apart from the architecture and the, 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 the impressive um, stadium and things like that, they had these ways to pour your beers for you. So they have these pints, right? And they've got this like circular thing in the middle uh, at the bottom of them. And they essentially just put it onto the uh, like, tabletop that little um circle piece pops up and then it fills the beer glass from the bottom up to the top perfectly no spillage and then it clips back in and then you grab your beer it's crazy mm. that's the future mm. that's the future thing right it was there. designed to pour ten thousand pints a minute or something because everyone was going to try and get a pint at half time mm-hmm. yep yeah it has like Genius. a microbrewery on site or something ridiculous yes yeah, 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 yeah. I think like Brewdog was there or something. Oh, yeah, mm, classic. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me. Brewdog. I think they have the longest bar in Europe as well. Oh, they? Yeah, it's really random. Where's yeah, that? just goes for ages. We'll be at the wrong end of that one. Where's that? <laughs> Waiting forever at, at, at the stadium. <laughs> oh, seriously? Yeah, mate. At the ah, oh, right, okay. Yeah, interesting. It's pretty cool. I went down to um where the players sit and things like that. It's it's a beautiful stadium, man. Mm. Oh yeah, mate! It was mm. amazing looking at it from the North Circular. 
it was the <laughs> best thing about the North Circular. <laughs> which ain't hard, which ain't hard, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Liam, you uh, you showed us your Crocs earlier. Why, <laughs> why have you converted to Crocs, mate? Bright yellow bad boys. This is my second pair, mate. I have some uh, Crocs slides and then um, I just... It's getting hot here, right? This is like first world problems. So when if my feet stick to them, so I get annoyed when I want to take them off, they stick to my feet. So I was like, all right, I'm going to get some the original um, ones with the holes in the sides, and um, I got a yellow pair. Hmm, they're cool, comfy, man. My my missus is, is disgusted. I went outside to help her bring bring in some groceries before, and she didn't <laughs> want me coming out onto the onto the street. She didn't want our neighbours to see me in them. <laughs> <laughs> Fred, can you top any of that? Can you top Crocs or driving on the North Circular? On the I weekend, don't know, mate. Right? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, to be honest. It's obviously been a really big week for us because we've been marking uh, World Mental Health Day this week. We've had a Get Construction Talking event, which was awesome. Um, and also, guys, Get Construction Talking is live in New York's Times Square. We've got a huge billboard up. Uh, the B1M and Procore have put this up, marking Get Construction Talking and really putting construction, well, construction's mental health crisis front and centre on this important global day. So, it's awesome. This is like, I still can't believe this has happened. I've pinched myself. But the pictures are up on our Instagram, guys. Go and have a look at it. We have got a Get Construction Talking billboard. The B1M logo, the Procore logo, the campaign up right there in the middle of New York's Times Square. It's absolutely insane. It's going to be there for a whole month of October. So do go and have a look at that. I'm actually due to be in New York at the end of the month. So I'm going to go and have a look at it myself, get some pictures in front of it probably, and just generally fawn over it and get far too excited. But uh yeah, it's been good. And I have to say, you know, obviously that's a really, really cool thing to have happened. Like, I, I still can't believe that's happened. But beyond uh, adverts in Times Square, we've also, as I said, had uh, some really good stuff we've been doing this week around World Mental Health Day, which was on Tuesday, but obviously themed throughout the week. As I said, we've done the events, we've done lots of social media stuff. We've got our Get Construction Talking Toolkit online. It's available over at getconstructiontalking.org. We've seen a boost in fundraising as well. So, yeah, it's good. I'm really proud of the work we're doing to raise awareness of mental health in construction and the impact it's having. So, yeah, it's been a good week in that regard. Um, also, guys, on the same vein, as you might have uh, might have remembered, we are coming to Sydney on the 2nd of November for a big Get Construction Talking event right next door to Sydney Opera House. It's going to be amazing. We've got a great big balcony overview. We've got summer vibes. We've got cool speakers it's, it's going to be wicked. Me and Liam are going to be there. Some of the B1M team are going to be there as well. We've got a fantastic lineup of speakers. You can go and register for that. The link is over at getconstructiontalking.org and also across social media. Anything else they should be aware of, Liam, when they come to Australia, when they come to this event? Crocs allowed? No, no Crocs allowed, mate. Uh, business casual, please. Um, no, just everyone's welcome. Please come down. It'd be great to meet people. There's loads of networking. There's canapes. There's drinks. There's a there's a really good panel discussion about mental health with some industry leaders over here. Um, we've got the harbour side room books, so we've got a beautiful view of the harbour bridge. We've got the opera house. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great night. Come down, check it out. Do some networking. Meet me and Fred. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Free free food. Me and mm. Liam. A great panel discussion. A great view. A great subject area that we're talking about. Free to attend. Like. Go for mm. it. Book book your flight to Australia now, guys. <laughs> <laughs>
Doesn't get better, mate. Doesn't, doesn't get and better. If you're, if you're an Australian fan and you've complained for years that I haven't come to Australia, I'm now coming to Australia, okay? So you better turn up. Because one of Liam's mates who lives in Melbourne is too busy. Can't come see me. He's like a big, big fan of mine, but can't find the time. This is Nick, by the way. I'm going to call him that Nick. Can't find the time. I've, I've flown 10,000 miles from London to Sydney, and he can't find the time to drive up from Melbourne. Just mm. I think he's getting married or something. Like, I don't know. No, he's definitely not getting married. I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel the same, mate. He, um, he, posts, he comments on all your posts, you know, loves to be with him, always listens to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously not that big a fan. Otherwise, yeah. he would have got in his car and just, People five minutes up. It's like five minute driving it from Melbourne to Sydney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. a couple of kilometers. Easy. Shocking. Easy. Well, Nick, if you listen to this, mate, I think less of you. Basically, I think less. of you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, don't forget we are coming to Sydney second of November. Make sure you're there for that. It's going to be exciting. This week we've got a very, very cool episode coming your way. We are talking about the mystery of Dubai's frozen Ferris wheel. A very cool video that came out on the BLM yesterday. The super tall Zaha D designed skyscraper that's been announced for Saudi Arabia. This thing is insane. One of the world's tallest hybrid timber buildings approved in Perth, Australia. And Eight Bishop's Gate, a new skyscraper in London, which might quite possibly be the city's dullest new skyscraper. Whole thing going to be peppered with some of your comments from the week. Lots of discussion, banter, analysis around construction and architecture. Let's do it. Let's get rolling. Let's hit that button, Luke. Let's go. First of this week, we are talking about the mystery of Dubai's frozen Ferris wheel. Now, this came out of the POM yesterday. Pretty shocking story here that's kind of been unfolding right in front of everyone's eyes, but without many people realizing or paying much attention to it. Basically, in late 2021, Dubai completed the world's largest observation wheel. Pretty standard for Dubai. They do the world's largest, tallest, deepest, widest, everything, as we know, as we've covered several times on the B1M and on this podcast. But they basically gone and built a very, very, very large observation wheel. It was called the Ein Dubai, which I think is roughly translating to the sort of Dubai Eye, Eye of Dubai. Um, yeah, very, very big structure. To give you some scale... The London Eye is 135 metres tall. That's a big wheel in the centre of London. Uh, the Eye in Dubai is 250 metres tall. It's nearly double the height of the London Eye. 11,000 tonnes of steel, 48 passenger cabins, 2,400 kilometres of cables, which is enough to stretch from Dubai to Cairo. Again, you wouldn't do that, but if you wanted to, you could go from Dubai to Cairo with these cables takes 38 minutes to do a full rotation this is a big beast it's an absolutely enormous ferris wheel and not just takes the title of the world's biggest wheel it like the burj khalifa it just smashes it and goes far beyond anything else that anyone else ever built before it's it's massive but after just a few months of being open the iron dubai suddenly closed very few details were given other than it was undergoing enhancement works and would be running again in a matter of weeks However, more than a year has now passed and the wheel has not reopened. Pretty shocking story. What, what do you make of this, guys? What, is it a really good story? What do you think oh. of the size of it? I had to get it in there somewhere, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. Knew it, mate. I knew it. It's it's quite interesting because um, as soon as we started talking about this, I thought of a wheel that Melbourne has. Um, I think it's called the Melbourne Star. And I, I used to live in Melbourne years ago and I always used to wonder why you drive past it um, on the highway, you're going out to the airport and it'd never be in use. Basically, it was built 
in 2008, right? <clears throat> and then 40 days after it was built, uh, it was shut down because cracks up to three meters long were discovered. Um, essentially, what they what they said was it was a heat wave that caused these cracks, and it wasn't repaired until I think it was like 2013 that it was finally repaired. And then wow. it's, it closed down after co- or during COVID or before or something like that. Just reminded me of that, that um, it launches, big launch, big promotion around it. And then a couple of months later, it's like, oh, actually, huge engineering fault. Yeah. There's been a huge saga around that Melbourne one, hasn't there? I think, were they trying to swap it with the site of the aquarium or something? So the aquarium that's out of town, they were going to swap the wheel and the aquarium around. So the aquarium is more central. Maybe, mate. I, I don't yeah. actually know about that. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff. Anyway, big big wheels around the world. Apart from the one in London, haven't had a great track record, it would seem. There's also the High Roller in Vegas, which is a big old wheel. Yeah, it seems to be quite successful. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, back to Dubai and this absolutely enormous wheel they built that now seems to not work. Um, give you a bit of timeline. Uh, originally under construction in the 2010s, it was supposed to be finished by 2019 but then got pushed back to late 2020. And the idea was to open it just in time for the Dubai Expo. Then, of course, COVID-19 happened. So the Expo went back and the wheels opening day got pushed back to October 2021. It opened October 21. There was lots of selfies, lots of interest. You saw it going around, lots of fireworks. It was very, very cool. Then in March 2022, it closed. It was supposed to be closed briefly, but then stayed closed all summer. Then they pushed the opening back to Q1 of 2023, and then they changed it to being open, uh, well, sorry, being closed until further notice, which, and it's been in that state ever since. So it's shut in March 22, almost 18 months has gone by now, and this wheel is not open, not moving, not fixed. On the website, it says, Iron Dubai remains closed until further notice as we continue to rigorously work on completing the enhancement works that have been taking place over the past few months. Once a reopening date is set, a further announcement is going to be made. So it's basically just <laughs> indefinite at the moment. Uh, now, this is where the word allegedly is going to come out quite a bit, guys, but there's been, there's been quite a bit of reporting around this. There was a Washington Post article uh, published in July 2023 where they spoke to uh, local residents who all spoke on the condition of anonymity. They want to be anonymous in this article. But local residents are saying they heard the structure vibrating loudly and that it shook the ground when it turned. Another unnamed person is saying that some people from the building management say that something broke inside the main axle mechanism. And then there's other people saying that it might be sinking. Another chap has said uh, he's heard hotel managers in the beach area who, who have properties facing the wheel saying they're calculating the risk and damage estimates for the possibility that it could fall over. All of this is anecdotal. All of this is people locally talking gossip, but it is in the Washington Post article. So these are legitimate sources. Um, yeah, rumor rumor abounds as to why it might have shut down. Um, pretty shocking stuff, right? I love how in their statement on the website there is like zero acknowledgement or transparency to like anything going wrong. Like nothing is wrong. They're saying, "Oh yeah, no, it's just uh, enhancements." We're just enhancing it. And it's, I, I, I think when you play that card, you just automatically 
become more suspicious, don't you? <laughs> if you're not like this, because like we're not stupid. Like something's wrong, right? Otherwise, it'd be working. Something is wrong, and to kind of not acknowledge that anything is wrong. Yeah, you're gonna get these allegations, aren't you? You're gonna get these rumors, and you're gonna get the gossip. So yeah. this maybe I'm sure in the future people might look at this at uh, 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 like how to not do PR, how to not spin things. If you, yeah, uh, I think. Pardon, I mean, just pardon. in that Washington Post article from the summer this year, you've got people. You know, again, these are anonymous residents saying it's vibrating loudly. It shook the mm. ground. It might be sinking. People are worried it might fall over. I don't. Think, I don't think all of those things are going to happen. This is just. It just shows you that locally, when you provide no information, you create a vacuum. It breeds theories mm. and gossip and rumor. So, yeah. So the, the vibration sounds like the most legitimate thing, though, right? The most believable yeah. thing from the residents. Like, if you mm-hmm. feel the vibration, it's like, oh, okay, there's an issue there. Yeah, because mm-hmm. this thing was built on a new man-made island uh blue waters island which has got all kinds of attractions on it it's got high-end residential on it it's got it's like a new look community they've built and at the middle of it is this huge well i say huge it's absolutely enormous 250 meter observation wheel but with that yeah that was kind of the main tourist draw that was what was drawing people out of other areas of dubai to this area so with that shut the island is a bit well we show footage in the video the island is a bit quieter than it's supposed to be yeah because isn't there as well like on that island there's like the madam two swords dubai i think i saw that in the video mm. so you, you can see that they're trying to make it into you know another destination in dubai and they got the cool little footbridge which is a, which is really nice to see the development is is pretty impressive uh, i've never been to dubai but um yeah, it does. It does look really decent, but mm. yeah, mate, if you've got a huge wheel on there that just isn't spinning, like people are gonna go. Like, people, if like, let's say, oh, I'm in Dubai on holiday. Let's go, Madam Two Swords, right? I don't know why you'd want to do that, but like, some people will, right? <laughs> and then air, air conditioning, hey, uh, true, it has air conditioning. True, good point. And then you're like, oh, mum, can we go on the giant wheel? And you're like, oh yeah, let's let's ask someone about it. Oh, it's not working. Been closed since forever. You know, it's not a good look, is it? And this is this is a really un-Dubai thing. You know, like you don't see this often in Dubai, do you? Like they're, no. they're usually really strict on trying to make everything look good, look shiny, look proper. And yeah, this this ain't a great look. It's not. No, I mean, it's, it's obviously it's eye-catching. You can still see it on the skyline. You see it in loads of different beach pictures and stuff that people upload. Mm. It is a big, impressive feat of engineering. But it's not serving its purpose. And the thing about it being sort of, you know, the the story behind it being kept quite secret and not out in the open is definitely the case. Because we we tried to find out what had gone on about it. We reached out to all kinds of different people, the uh, Iron Dubai team, the Iron Dubai press team, the engineers, the contractors that worked on it. Um, most of them didn't respond. But where they did respond, uh, they would just say, we can't comment because we're under an NDA. Like we're all all locked down by NDA, so we can't talk about it. Um, which again just doesn't kind of <laughs> it it just it just, it breeds more rumor because you're like, well, no one's allowed to talk about it. They're not saying anything about it. It's been shut for ages. It's like, oh, what's going on here? Yeah, uh, worth saying. This isn't the first time there's been some problems. So uh, there was a CNN story back in 2001 
that mentioned seized bearings that had to be replaced and sound issues with the cabins. And apparently that is what contributed to part of the original delay around the construction. Um, now, at the time, we should say those uh, allegations were denied by a spokesman for the lead consultant and the architect of record. Uh, who said, I've not heard one rumour that is actually based on any facts. I've heard rumours that the foundations were sinking, for example. And then he said, the Iron Dubai is the safest place to be in Dubai. Which is quite a big statement, really. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. In a glass box on top of a massive steel wheel that's held together by cables on a man-made island. It it might be safe. It doesn't feel like the safest place to be in Dubai. Anyway, yeah. Quite the uh, shocking story here. How do you fix something like this? Let's assume it is sinking or like it's vibrating or something. Like, what is what's kind of best case scenario and what's kind of worst case scenario in your opinion? So, I think best case scenario is adapting the structure in situ, right? So, like mm. underpinning, doing some kind of um, uh, bearing isolation or like they do with uh, buildings where they protect them from like seismic isolation systems where they basically put the building on rubber pads or springs so it has it's more insulated from the world around it from the ground around it i mean um that sort of thing if it's a if it's a sinking or vibration issue then doing that sort of thing uh around the foundations could be what makes a difference if it's the axle you'd hope they can fix the axle from its current position i mean because if you you can't take the axle out and put a new axle in without taking down the entire wheel because the way the wheel works and if you see the construction pictures but you've got this huge steel ring around the outside but all that steel is pulled and held together by the spindle in the middle so those cables are critical to the to the structure so you want to take the spindle out you can't really do that without taking the whole wheel down if you're taking the whole wheel down you might as well just rebuild the whole thing from scratch unless it's like a little nut or something something you can send off for from amazon and they'll you can just fit that <laughs> the spindle and crack on uh, but what i think but what's surprising about that is this this is that there were no kind of natural constraints here yeah you know, like, this is an island that people built engineers built mm. they built the island they chose the ground conditions the base all the rest of it and they chose to build a wheel on it so they should know what the foundations are I, I don't know. I, I think for me, the facts, if it was sinking or broken or fundamentally structurally not working, that's more shocking and I think almost more unlikely because you look at some of the firms involved in this, I can't see them cocking this up to that extent. Whereas uh, the thing about you know the spindle being broken, something uh, having gone wrong in there, the fact it did rotate for a few months and work seemingly well albeit causing uh ground tremors if you really believe the uh local residents um that would suggest to me that it's yeah it's a spindle but i don't know how you fix that and when i don't know what actually is wrong i've got no idea how to guess how to fix it either so <laughs> you've given us an idea mate I've you've waffled. given us an idea no 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 you've given us an idea i like it mate i like it my family a load of my family's going to dubai on like a family holiday next year february next year so you know, I'll try and get an update from those guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, if you live near this wheel, if you live on Blue Waters Island, or you've been on the wheel, or you've got some kind of inside track as to what might be happening, let us know. We'll, we'll read your comments out anonymously. <laughs> we won't reveal your name. 
but let us know and get your stories coming in um, at podcast at the b1m.com is the email address but yeah pretty shocking story i'm interested to find out where it goes and what happens to reassure you guys when we get news we will share it with you don't you worry stay tuned to the b1m Also in the news this week, we are talking about three skyscrapers, actually. Um, but I think it's fair to say, in a heads up to listeners, they start exciting and get progressively more, less exciting and a bit dull. So the first one's really cool. Second one's all right. Third one, phew, I'd tune out by then if I were you, because it's not very interesting. Uh, we- <laughs> <laughs> so we're kicking off in Saudi Arabia. We're then going to Perth and then to London. Uh, the Saudi Arabia one, first of all, this is, I mean, we seem to go to Saudi Arabia regularly on this podcast, but this one is absolutely insane. So we're going back to Tregina, the place which has just announced a ho- an immersed underwater hotel inside a damn wall for JW Marriott. They have now announced a 330 meter super tall skyscraper designed by Zahadin Architects sitting on top of a mountain overlooking this vast new 2.8 kilometer artificial lake. I mean, I can't believe the words have just come out of my mouth. Like this is this is serious. It's real. It looks insane. It is called the Discovery Tower. It is crystal inspired. And if you can't see this, it looks like something out of uh some sort of Mars Martian film where you've got this big, large, sharp looking crystal shaft with loads of sort of crystal formation lines up it. It's very vertical, very impressive, very Zaha deed. Um crazy crazy projects as i said Tadrina more widely uh, is a huge development it is saudi arabia's new uh, all-round ski resort year-round ski resort i should say currently under construction due to complete in 2026 that is ahead of it hosting the asian winter games in 2029 all part of uh, saudi arabia's state-funded uh, public investment fund which is working to diversify the economy of this nation pretty beautiful this building i think what are we <laughs> beautiful and shocking and outrageous and head turning what do you guys reckon it's incredible it is like holy heck what am i looking at man mm. it looks like something yeah i think i said to you guys earlier it looks like something of like a judge dread movie or like some kind of futuristic movie like i, don't know, I think someone says in the comments it, it looks like something out of lord of the rings and that yeah i agree with that is, is it Built into the mountain, though I can't, I can't work it out from the renders. Is it just like, is it in a canyon? Is there like a flat area for the lobby and stuff, or is this is there like, I don't know. Do I you, do you enter mean, through a cave or something? I, I, looking at obviously, I'm actually thinking now of the dam we did in Switzerland, where they had to blast bits of rock away to make a you know, make space for concrete and foundations and stuff. I would imagine, obviously, it's solid rock, so you've got pretty good footing there. I've never seen a super tall skyscraper on top of a mountain. I mean, in terms of like access, logistics, wind loading, fire mm. evacuation, emergency services access, I'm sure it's all being thought of. I hope it's all being thought of. But yeah, I mean, it's like an astonishingly difficult place to build. I've no doubt they'll have a go and make it happen. Um, but as one person says in the comments, I'd like to see them finish one single project. Mm-hmm. And as we've talked about, <laughs> mm-hmm. there's a lot of conversation. Um, at the minute and there are you know th- there's money being poured in there's construction footage being released but so far in terms of big things in Saudi Arabia we've got the Jeddah Tower which stopped at 300 meters and they're now retendering and apparently restarting but 
I mean, I'm leaning into this comment on the internet. Is there one single completed impressive Saudi Arabia project yet? No. So the more outrageous these announcements get, the more you kind of think, well, hang on a minute. When's it going to start being delivered? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, it seems to be a little bit of a trend, doesn't it? Uh, that all of these announcements are coming through and there seems to be a lot of hype around Saudi and the architecture and construction world. But uh, sometimes you just, you just got to not believe the hype. Yeah, you got to just wait and be patient. And uh, I don't know, mate, out of all of their proposals, this might be the most far-fetched. Because, like, how do you just, how <laughs> really? do you get... How, this, this is what, more so than a 170-kilometer mirrored glass skyscraper across... Okay, well, the line... <laughs> yeah, but the line, at least, like, you can dig, you know, the foundations for it, right? And you can... I mean, what do you do What do you do here? How do you get, like, a crane there? Where, where do you get... Where's the road oh. that's going to get the, the, the machinery here? Like, this is so... This must be so difficult. I don't dispute and, it's difficult, but we, we've mm. built... Uh, cable cars up up mountains before, which has got these crazy concrete footings, these mm. huge bits of steel leaning out the side of mountains and stuff. Like we've built ski resorts, um, you know, viewpoints, observatories. I think it can be done. We've built skyscrapers before. I've never seen a skyscraper on a mountain, as we said. Um, I don't dispute it's difficult, but I think this is this just is grounded a little bit in some reality. Whereas the line is just like as. A, uh, yeah, I just, what I can't see the line being built or looking. So, like if there's looks. one, if there's one Saudi project that you think just isn't going to happen, you think it's going to be the line. If you had to pick out of all the new I kind of like think, mega, I think they'll build something. I don't think it will look like what we're being shown. Okay, and you can you can save that little soundbite, listeners, and play it back to me in twenty years' time oh. <laughs> when they've built when they've built exactly that. But yeah. Yeah. The, the the concept is amazing. The design, yeah, looks like some out like Lord of Rings or Dune. Like it's superb. Yeah, and everyone gets Dune. a good view. I suppose that's a pretty cool. Like the idea is actually superb. It's mm. it's outstanding. Would you go yeah. stay there? Yeah, yeah. But would you would you know. go? Would you go? You know, you're talking mm. to your partner, kids, whatever, your family. Oh. You know what? We should we should go stay in that hotel on top of the mountain in Saudi Arabia. Let's let's go let's go holiday there. You know, you're not gonna do that though, are you? That's the sort of thing I'd I'd make a strong case for with my family. I feel like <laughs> Daddy needs a holiday, point. it's architecture, yeah. I wanna go. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I um, don't know. I don't it's know. the very definition of using a skyscraper to get attention, right? Because there's no there's no demand here to build vertical. Like there's, there's no d- demand here for a skyscraper. It's literally to look good and be a landmark. Well, I was mm. gonna, I was gonna say, it, what it does do is it means if you do, if you concentrate all the hotel rooms in this one spot, you don't have to build loads of housing all around, you know, spread out around the campus and around the attraction. You can just put all, you can concentrate all the hotel rooms in one building mm. so I, I i understand i do understand that maybe they just want to preserve some of the natural landscape there or something mm. you know with this in the trojana you know the, the 
I think that's the one in the background on the second yeah. slide. Are they? Would they be needing to build like little power grid? They'd have to build like little power grids and out in the desert, right? For this, they wouldn't be able yeah. to pipe water and things like that, or electricity and things. No, and they're, they're talking about um, apparently this lake is being created by diverting a river. Okay, I'm not, not quite sure how they could do in that, but yeah, you're right. In the middle of nowhere, there's there's talk, quite a lot of talk about sustainable um, power generation, renewables, sustainability is quite a big theme through all these designs and through the Neom stuff generally. But again, like you're building a fresh city with concrete in the middle of nowhere, taking construction materials, people, trucks, from all around the world up to this location. Like it may run more sustainably once it's built, but it's fundamentally quite unsustainable to build, it feels like, from the surface looking in. Mm. Yeah. Lots of comments though, guys. I have to say the Zaha D design is a very big hit with our audience, as it always is. People saying, looks good, it's got a Superman vibe, uh, epic, can't wait to see it completed. Lots of fire emojis. Yeah, a lot of love for that one. Um, and a few people questioning, yeah, what on earth are they doing? They haven't produced anything yet. Let's see where it goes. So, yeah, interesting times. Uh, continuing our descent. Uh, from cool skyscraper down to least cool skyscraper. We are heading over to Perth, Australia next, a city we don't often go to. It's your neck of the woods, Liam. Yeah, mate. Just a five-hour flight, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Same continent, at least. Might be longer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, in Perth, Australia, they've now got approval for a tower called C6, which I hope is going to have a better name than that. But it is the world's tallest hybrid, well, one of the world's tallest hybrid timber buildings, right? This is developed by uh, Grange Development. It's going to be 50 stories tall. It's now got official planning permission. It's been granted planning permission. Uh, They're going to be using sustainably sourced mass timber in 42% of the skyscraper, including its beams, floor panels, joinery, linings, all sorts of things. Uh, 7,400 cubic meters of timber are going to be used in the new skyscraper, but apparently that could be regrown by one sustainably farmed forestry region in just 59 minutes. So what that means is if you take a sustainably farmed forestry region, which could be a huge area covered in trees, uh, it would take just 59 minutes of growth across the whole forest for that amount of timber to be grown back. Wow. Hmm. No, we haven't seen the workings for that, I should say. We don't know how big this forest is. Um, the Amazon. positive number, yeah. It's quite a positive number from the developer. But this is this is the point. It is a sustainable material. So lots of people in the comments, every time we do a timber building, going, oh, it's not very sustainable if you're chopping down trees, you're destroying the planet. It grows back, guys. That's how timber works, especially when it's from a sustainably managed source. And it is far better for the planet than concrete or steel we talk about it in every post in every video in every time we talk about cross laminate timber or mass timber we've done a detailed video explaining it on tomorrow's bill that's got over a million views but still people can't watch stuff they have to just comment and fire off straight away drives me mad so i'm whinging about the internet now <laughs> whinging I about like the comments it. mate I-, <laughs> <laughs> I like it i like it it's uh it's it's a Decent enough design, um, but I think it, it, the design isn't as important here, is it? It's it's about how it's being made and with the materials, uh, as as Fred has elegantly put it. So, yeah, um, it's all right. 
I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more timber, big timber buildings pop up mm. here and there. But it's in it's in a hot place, isn't it? I I just would have I don't know. I'd imagine I can see this in like you know like Germany, Scandinavia, the UK. I just hope it doesn't catch fire. Like I'm one of those crazy Australian. <laughs> the chances of that are real slim, aren't they? Aren't they? Again, fire resistance. <laughs> fire resistance is uh, is not an issue anymore in these buildings. Okay, like because they because timber burns in a more reliable, more predictable way than steel or concrete. They can be designed for uh, levels of fire safety that are just as good as existing buildings. So they can burn for a set period of time, which might be 60 minutes, 120 minutes, two hours, uh, to give enough time for people to escape and for the fire services to take control of the situation. Most buildings have similar burn times. Um, Mm, I don't know the most part of that, mate. Well, yeah, <laughs> Titanic was unsinkable, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is unbelievable. This guy's what I mean is, I'm trying to talk. I'm trying to talk I'm globally. Sorry. I'm trying to talk globally, and there are like building regulations in most major countries around the world have building regulations that stipulate public buildings and domestic buildings have to have a certain period of time they burn for before they collapse. Yeah. Oh wow. I can't. I can't say. I can't sit here and say every building because I haven't checked every building in the world. Yeah. Oh, come on, Fred. <laughs> That's a shit. Do you think um you know we we're, we're banging on about trees on buildings trend? Um do you reckon <laughs> timber skyscrapers is gonna be the next trend? Uh I think it could be once uh but a few things need to happen. So timber needs to become uh more easily, more widely available and a bit cheaper. There's a few supply chain issues around it at the minute. And also I think there needs to be more pain in the uh steel and concrete production side of things at the minute it's still too easy to build with steel and concrete even though it's not very good for the planet or embodied carbon whereas this is much better Mm. Um, i love the interior of this building i i would mm -hmm. i would a million percent love that it's so like the second to last slide like it's everything's wood it's all like beautifully and bright it's like really warm and welcoming and you've got that lovely um that lovely rooftop don't you overlooking the city percent. 100%. 100%. I was going to say something similar. The interior is outstanding. Mm. It's beautiful. Yeah. Studies have proven this is better for your mental health and well-being. People will have a better time in this building because of the exposure to timber, the timber interiors. Yeah, yeah it's just more natural, isn't it? Yeah. I see this um, being built over the the Saudi one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know if any of us believe the Saudi one's going to be built. This one, I'm like, oh yeah, cool. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm looking forward to um, seeing an update on this in a year's time or so. Yeah, yeah, I love few, it. Few, uh, few mixed comments this one. So someone's saying 59 minutes. That's some guy math right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, someone else saying you should do more content on Perth. Yeah, we'll come back to that in a minute. Um, <laughs> Another chap, incredible growth rate. My my weeds don't grow that fast. <laughs> um, there's a there's a cyber truck. So Matt has spotted a cyber truck. There is a cyber truck in one of the renders, guys. This is uh, Elon Musk's Ooh. next. Oh, third slide, fourth slide. Mm, that's trying to appeal to a certain buyer, isn't it? It's like, hey, look, you can have your expensive lifestyle and live in this fancy building. I like the cyber truck. I mm. like the cyber truck design. Cool, don't give me neat. I think they're pretty cool, Fred. What joke? (laughs) Um, Sam, long term, 
long long-term fan sam uh doesn't like this building he says it looks like two very different designs smashed together the base is a bit reminiscent of the barbican or designs from southeast asia the top looks like 432 park avenue's ugly sibling it's all right but not great i don't know i think let's just build a really tall timber frame building first and then we can get to the more crazy designs in the future that's what I think. It has to be quite conservative, I think. Mm. Yeah. I had some fun in the comments. So uh, someone commented, uh, Luis commented, Perth, finally getting recognized. Like a big sort of thumbs up emoji. And I replied, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking, but I replied, thanks for finally building something decent. And it got 70 <laughs> likes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. It's yes. enjoyable. Let us know what you think about this one, guys. It's probably the uh, first and last time we're going to cover Perth, Australia. So um, unless you build something awesome, guys. Uh, Very nice. Very nice timber skyscraper with a high chance of happening. Not as exciting as Zaha did on a mountain, but um, hey, still looking good. Now heading over to our dullest and most boring skyscraper of the week and probably the dullest skyscraper we've ever highlighted on the B1M, right? We are swinging over to London, United Kingdom, and looking at eight Bishop's Gates. Uh, now completed, this is 50 stories tall, uh, office space with retail units at ground level and a public viewing platform on the 50th floor. Uh, not sure why you're going to that viewing platform above others, but we can come back to that in a minute. I don't want to be too too negative too early. Uh, this was designed by Wilkinson Air, who also designed Battersea Power Station and a lot of work around there. Uh, Skyscraper is now joining the City of London cluster and adopts a twisting stacked box form to retain sight lines around St Paul's Cathedral uh, and address more than 40 neighbouring rights to light challenges that came through and opposition and objection and rows that came through during the planning process. Um, £300 million build, sorry, £300 million skyscraper, that's including the build, uh, really embraces sustainable design. It's got a BRIAM outstanding rating. Uh, so good for the environment, not so good for the look of the city, in my opinion. What do you guys reckon? Oof. Eight Bishop's Gate hit me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're saying. It's not very exciting at all. I mean, it's got a cool, beautiful view, obviously. I'll take that away. But um, it does yeah, have a good I mean, view, though, because you're looking right into, unless you're looking out towards the river, you're looking right into. Obviously, I don't think you can look. I don't think you can look into twenty-two, like into the. I think that's where the concrete core is. Third, third, third to last slide. What's that? Bottom left corner. (laughs) (laughs) Walkie-talkie, mate. Walkie-talkie. You've got the shard in the background. It's a fantastic view. Yeah, good point. (laughs) Good point. I'll second that. This might make it. This this might make it even better. You know, I walked past this the other day when I was up London with the boys having a few beerios. We went to a few pubs and uh, walked past this, and you can see there's the viewing platform entrance, kind of on one part of the street. Next door is the going to be the entrance for. Actually, I think it's just opened for Twenty Two Bishop's Gate. Also, another free viewing platform. That's free. a lot taller. Is tw- twenty two Bishop's Gate? I think it's a free viewing platform. No, really? I think so. Yeah, same as this one. This one's free. Same as Walkie Talkie. They're all free. It's it's a City of London thing, right? Oh, I didn't I th- know. That. I think That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm like thirty quid at the shield. Uh, yeah, exactly, mate. Exactly. 
and uh, I don't know. I not everything can be a iconic pop star skyscraper, right? But yeah, this is it's all right. It fills in it fills in a bit of space. I think the most frustrating thing for me is that it blocks out a lot of the cheese grater. It's next door neighbor, which is such a cool looking tower, I think. So I don't know. I think it's all right. I don't think it's as bad as what you think it is, though, Fred. I think it's. I think it's horrific. I think it's miserable, forgettable. Miserable. It makes a very dark canyon-like atmosphere. <laughs> People now into the buildings are looking into other buildings. There, this is looking into another building. Like, no, I, I def- of course you walk past it. You wouldn't be looking up and looking at this, going, "Oh my goodness me! Look at this new skyscraper!" Because it's the most forgettable thing we've built in decades. It's it's vanilla. It's beige. It's just it's it's that off-white color you buy when you paint your house. Like it's it's just there's nothing there's nothing redeeming like i defy anyone to have this on their favorite skyscraper list probably even the architect that drew it wouldn't be inspired by it and think oh this is my favorite skyscraper list it's a way to insert yet more floor space onto a site while complying with the rules of viewpoints and sight lines for St. balls and it's just it's just dull it's mm. dull and that, that's reflected in the comments, I have to say. There's a lot of negative comments on this. Uh, Sam is obviously in a, in a good mood this week. Sam's saying, kind of feel like these photos are really trying hard not to sell the building. Yeah, I think you've got a point, Sam, because the photos are trying to make it look good by including other bits of London in the <laughs> in the views. What, why did you um, add the staircase, mate? What staircase? The last, the last one. The last slide. These are the, mate, these are the pictures they sent. That actually looks quite good, the staircase inside. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. And the other thing is, when you're in this building, you can't see it, which is quite good. I also think the the lobby, the lobby and the interiors are nice. <laughs> I could yeah, be that, in any office building in London, but they're quite nice. That um, that like uh, bench sort of bit of architecture. Oh my words, the wooden bench thing. That oh, is lovely, yeah, stunningly beautiful, beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, that yeah. is amazing. But. Uh, yeah, I wish that that fun and creativity was reflected a bit more on on the design of the tower and the site. It's okay. It's it's not. I, you know, even when designing it, I don't think they were aiming for. You know, let's make our favourite skyscraper ever. I don't know. No, I that's think not, I think it, that's what more of our cities need: um, uninspiring, average architecture <laughs> that doesn't reach for that. anything. <laughs> I think I think that's what we need. We'll all, we'll all feel better, won't we? There's another guy here. Stacked boxes. So innovative, is what he says in his comment. I couldn't agree more. Like, oh, a series of stacked boxes. What a clever idea. Someone's saying, what's the point of this building? One person just saying, just the word, uninspiring. Yeah. Uh, and this, I mean, the comments go on, guys. When will architects go back to building beautiful buildings? Look no further than St. Pancras Station. The beauty and aesthetic, all the skyscrapers in London combined. Must add, oh, I love the B1M channel. Oh, not true. We, we didn't pay him for that. I just, I just saw that. So nice. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'm not okay. a fan. As we might have established. <laughs> Clearly, mate. <laughs> I think, I think everyone's um, knows that, mate. Yeah. Just another another glass box in the city of London. Boom. Office space. Views killed. Souls destroyed. Excellent. I want stone clad in. In the city of London, one day, again, bring it back, bring mm. back stone clad in. Mm. Come on, there Come are on. some buildings in New York that are that. Um, two twenty Central Park South. 
mm. has a lovely bit of stone cladding, even though it's a super tall, skinny skyscraper. It's not super tall, sorry. It's just shy of super tall. But yeah, and that it looks beautiful. It's delicious, mate. Mm. Delicious. Yeah, bring it mm. back, guys. Come on. Come on. There was a bit of, uh, not on skyscrapers, but there was a bit of uh, stuff about that in the US, wasn't there? Do you remember when Trump was like, uh, Washington, D.C. needs to build classical buildings? And there was like a directive issued for classical architecture nice looking traditional architecture no more glass boxes yeah. no I, did, I didn't know that mate yeah no he, he issued a i think it was an executive order or a policy or something about that and then he and then it got rescinded again when biden came in and i'm not sure if it might have got put back again now anyway trump famously hated the uh the new glass box u.s embassy in london as well yeah that probably is up completely up the wrong straza for him because it's mm. a glass box not traditional but yeah anyway guys let us know what you think about these three skyscrapers this week to recap we've got zaha deed going super tall on a mountain in saudi arabia the world's tallest hybrid timber building uh, one of the world's tallest hybrid timber buildings but i've done it again being built in perth australia uh, and then eight bishops gate in london which yeah i mean if you've got if you've got an inspiring response to me you can find a way to make that more interesting hit me let me know but what have i missed podcast at the b1m.com heading over now to i want to say dictionary corner but it's not dictionary corner is it it's um the inbox what we've got this week luke (laughs) what what am i saying um (laughs) well a few weeks ago uh we covered a big boy cruise ship didn't we and uh, we had opinions and we kind of we you know i don't think any of us here were huge fans of the idea of going on a huge cruise ship with loads of people. Well, uh, someone sent in a voice note to kind of give us their perspective on the topic. So this is Jonathan Pipe, and we're going to listen to uh, what he's got to say. Hello to everybody at the podcast, and thanks for everything that you do. Big fan of the channel and uh, the podcast and the YouTube videos as well. And I recently watched the cruise ship video on the Icon of the Seas and listened to the podcast where you discussed it and as a massive cruise fan myself grew up with my family doing cruises from a very young age just wanted to put my two cents out there for your consideration Um, with these massive ships I've never been on one as big as this obviously there's never been a ship as big as this but I have been on other big ships and I know the number of people on board sounds crazy six seven thousand people but the truth is actually they're so well designed by the the architects and the engineers of these things that no, those people are never all in the same place. They're cleverly spread out in the theatre, in the pool, in the restaurants. And so it never feels like you're there with that many people. And actually, a lot of the time on a port day, when most people get off the ship, if you don't want to get off the ship and you just want to have a, a lounge around on board, it can actually feel really quiet and you can feel like you have the whole place to yourself almost. So I, your experiences can vary. Obviously, different ships are built for different sort of demographics. Royal, Royal Caribbean tend to go for the family fun oriented. That's why you have all the wacky slides and ice ice skating, rock climbing and all of that jazz. Um, <laughs> other ones are a lot more focused on the... the uh, more elegant refined side of things so you might have afternoon tea and ballroom dance classes and things like that so it completely depends 
But um, yeah, big fan of cruises. Just wanted to put my two cents out there. And let's hope for some more cruise content in the future. Thanks again. See, young guy sending in a voicemail about loving cruises, mate. What you got to say to that, Fred? I, to I, that? I accept everything you said. I, I've never been on a cruise. I hadn't appreciated <laughs> that. I think in my head... I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I thought all ten thousand people were coming down for the uh, the morning buffet and trying to put their toast, <laughs> trying to put their toast in the toast conveyor. You know, you know what it's like. Everyone's waiting for the milk machine, the coffee machine. Yeah. Um. No. Good point. Good point. Mm. And and yeah. I'm a bit ignorant because I've been on a cruise. Yeah. So. Same. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. I I I feel the same. I don't really have that perspective. But it's it's nice to hear people that are passionate about it, like someone who's bother to get in contact and go well this is my perspective like i get it but this is my perspective so i do appreciate that yeah jonathan pipe what a ledge jonathan pipe is that his real name i i think so i think so maybe i've mr pipe yeah mr pipe what a lad (laughs) (laughs) and he he likes cruising so um (laughs) there you go thanks for listening jonathan thanks for taking the time to send in a a voice note as well that's awesome Mm. we like that perspective guys if you want your voice uh, turned into immortalized on the world's best construction podcast. <laughs> get your comments coming in. Get your voicemails coming. Do they, so just just to be clear, Luke, for any older people listening, you record a voice note on your phone, attach yeah, it to email an email, yeah, and send it to podcast. That people there's no there's no uh, phone number you ring, guys, and no. leave a voicemail. It's not because that's what you might think when we say voicemail. <laughs> But for, yeah. <laughs> for any of the tech tech literate people out there who or who maybe maybe slightly older, sometimes it tends to be the older generation, uh, you want to go to your little voice memo note on your phone, voice memos app, <laughs> record a voice recording, attach it to an email, and send it to podcast at the b1m.com. Yeah. Yeah. Or DM Fred on yeah. Instagram with a voice with a voice note. <laughs> Accents are welcome. You put on accent. Maybe put on accent. Yeah, play a character choose a funny surname like pipe and we'll read it out it's a good surname we're in the middle of some massive practical joke here you realize this whole thing yeah maybe his name isn't jonathan pipe at all we're reading it out and it actually says like something else like like huge huge anus or something um (laughs) 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 uh right Been been a good podcast for you liam it's been great mate yeah, what was your, what was your what was your favourite moment? Jonathan Pipe, Jonathan, <laughs> <laughs> the piano worker. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> member of the Royal Caribbean press team, probably. Yeah, no, no. In all seriousness, in all seriousness, he I, did sell I, it. He did sell it quite well. He did. Oh, okay, it doesn't sound that bad. I mean, he, it's, he goes if you're going somewhere as a family from a young age as well. You know, it's sort of ingrained into you from a young age, right? Hmm. I get you. Mm. Good episode this week, guys. We talked about lots of things, including the B1M and Procore's Times Square ad for Get Construction Talking, which was awesome. The massive new Ferris wheel in Dubai that seems to have stopped working. Uh, and three, uh, well, three skyscrapers. I must say three awesome skyscrapers. Three skyscrapers that got progressively less awesome as we went through them. Get your comments coming in. Get your feedback coming in. Get your reviews coming in. Mm. Podcast at B1M.com. Please keep listening, tell your friends, tell your mates, and we're going to see you next week. <laughs> what, what button are you pushing? Not, right. not a button I'm pressing. Yeah. Push the button, mate. Push the button. <laughs> <laughs>
I'll do that again. No, 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 no. I keep it in. No, 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 no. Mixes it, mixes it up, mixes it up. People, push the, button. the listeners will be like, "Oh, that's a bit, bit of a mix up." Yeah, are you going to push a button? That's something, mate. Yeah, mate. I always do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> always do. That's my thing. <laughs>